Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I want to welcome you to the new and improved Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast. After many years of interviewing the best and brightest thought leaders around the world on my SiriusXM show, I am excited to now have those interviews available to people around the globe on this podcast. So many people would write us and say, I love what I've been hearing about your interviews with these great people. Where can I access them? I live in this country or that country, or I don't have access to that technology. How can I get the information? Well, I'm so excited now that we are able to offer the information and the interviews free on this podcast. So we want you to sit back and enjoy this message and let me know how you like them. And then do me a favor. If you like them, send a review, write a review and post it. And if you like it, hit like on here and share it and tell everybody you know about it and then subscribe to this podcast so you'll get the alerts when we post a new interview episode. Thank you for listening and enjoy the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast. Named one of the outstanding five speakers in the world. Inducted into the Speaker Hall of Fame. Award-winning singer. Best-selling author. And now, here's Willie Jolly. Well, it is true. You have only just a minute. Only 60 seconds in it. Forced upon you. Can't refuse it. You didn't seek it. You didn't choose it. But it's up to you to use it. You must suffer if you lose it. Give account if you abuse it. Just a tiny little minute, but your eternities are wrapped up in it. Greeting to each and every one who is listening, wherever you are around the world, to this radio program or to the podcast or any other delivery system you may get this message on. I want to thank you. I want to first thank you for listening. And I want to thank you for sharing this message with your friends, your family members, your co-workers, saying you've got to hear Dr. Willie Jolly's program. I want to thank you. You have made it the top motivational podcast and radio show. You have done it, and I want to thank you. Now, you know I take a moment first to do God's Minute. Did I take a moment to thank God, give God some glory, to give him some praise, to give him honor and my gratitude for life, for strength, for waking me up this morning, for letting me still be in the land of the living. Look here, every day that you're in the land of the living is a good day. There are all sorts of challenges. We know that. There are all sorts of problems. We know that, but we're still here. So as long as we're here, we got a shot to have an impact. So I'm giving God glory and I'm thanking him. I know everybody doesn't believe like I believe, but I'm going to make a point to thank him and give him glory. Now, I want to say that I am grateful for you for sharing this message. And I want to also say I am grateful for you for staying connected. For those who are not getting my newsletter, you're missing out on lots of great, incredible goodies, information, freebies that will bless you because you're not connected. Between the shows, we are sending out all sorts of updates and letting people know what's new, what's moving, what's helpful. So we have been sending out information about my Happily Married Mondays. 
with the Jollies every Monday night at 9 o'clock on Facebook Live. And then we've been sending out the newsletter every week tells you the tips and the lessons I've learned from our guests or some other experience I've had that has been a blessing to me and I want to share it with my friends. And we've been sending out information on my new Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time the Jolly Good News Report, where I give you some good news in the midst of all the bad news, some good news to lift your spirits. And last but not least, we've been sending out the message about my new music video, We'll Get Through This, that has blown up. If you have not seen it, you got to go to winwithwilly.com. You can see it on that website. Or you can just go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Jolly. We'll get through this. It is powerful. It really is powerful. It is impacting people in a way I did not imagine. People are calling saying they were crying when they saw it. They were in tears because it impacted them. There's a piece at the end where this old man is feeding his sick wife and it is so moving. I want to encourage you to go watch this video and then share it with everybody you know. Go to my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Willie Jolly. It will bless you. So let's get to my guest so I can tell you about this incredible story. So one day I was watching television during the midst and the height of the coronavirus, and I saw an interview on NBC television on the network news. Network news across America was a story who, in the midst of the economic downturn, the, the crisis, this guy got on the television. And he said, let me make it clear. We might close some rooms or we might close parts of our hotel. But I will tell you without a question, not one of my employees is going to be laid off. Not one. We're going to keep them working, keep them paid because they've got bills. They've got families and we're going to take care of them. And I was so intrigued by this person. because It wasn't a half-hearted or a maybe kind of conversation. This was a confident, selfless conversation. I was so inspired. I looked up that gentleman and did some research. Found out this was not something new. Back in 2008 when the economy collapsed, he did the same. And not only did he do that, but he renovated one of his hotels. And at the height of renovation, in the height of the economic downturn, he refused to lay off people and had them repositioned and re-fortified to be able to stay employed. So, if you've ever been to Orlando, Florida, you've been to uh, there for conventions. If you went for Disney's World, there's, you might know of his name. But if you've been to a convention, which I've spoken for many, many conventions at the Orange County Convention Center, which I believe last time I was... Uh, there and I learned about it was the biggest convention center in the country might be in the world um, there, there are hotels all around that convention center and they have the same name Rosen R-O-S-E-N Rosen Hotels and this gentleman who I saw that day on the television who was so supportive of his employees and his workers was the founder CEO president of 
the Rosen Hotels and Resorts. His name is Harris Rosen. And believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, I have him on the, on the line as well as Chuck, Chuck Jubin, who is the liaison for his philanthropic foundation. So, gentlemen, thank you for being on the air with me today. Oh, my pleasure. So, what a joy to, to, to talk to both of you. Now, uh, Harris, I'm going to start with you. Yes, sir. Uh, I, you know, you are, you are quite a guy. Now, let's see if I got this right. You were born and raised in New York City, Lower East Side. <laughs> <laughs> Not the Upper East Side. Came through the Bowery and all of those places. Uh, you had parents who inspired you. To, to make a difference in the world, who made who inspired you to get an education and not just make money but bless people. You went on to go to college, well, went to college, and then you went into service for three years, and you uh, served in the U.S. Army. Thank you for your service. And then you uh, came back, went to University of Virginia's Graduate School of Business, and, and you were a corporate scholarship uh, a, a, a recipient from Hilton Hotels. You went on and worked for, for the Waldorf Astoria uh, as a, a salesman, then went on to the Hilton Hotels, uh, various positions in, in food and beverage and, and this and that, and you went up the ladder, went up the ladder, went up the ladder, and you did very well. Went on to work for Walt Disney Corporation, but... <laughs> Then you decided one day to, sh to sh take a shot on yourself. You, you decided you're going to bet. You're going to bet on yourself and created and bought a hotel. I mean, I gave you the thumbnail sketch. Why don't you fill in the blanks? Go ahead and tell us a little more. Well, you, you described uh, the Lower East Side very well. Um, my mom's family came from Austria, Hungary. My dad's family came from Russia. Belarus, and uh, they had to leave. Uh, both of my granddads left their families um, to come to America to find a, a better life. And they settled on the Lower East Side where hundreds of thousands of immigrants, mostly from Eastern Europe, from Italy, and from Ireland. And uh, both of them uh, started uh, their own little business. Uh, Harry, who I'm named after, my, my dad's dad, he opened a tiny little restaurant on Hester Street uh, that would seat comfortably about 25 people. Wow. Uh, Harry, my mom's dad, um, he opened a little factory that made barrels. He was a coopersmith, and he made wooden barrels. In those days, almost everything was kept in a wooden barrel. Wow. Everything from uh, fish to uh, tomatoes to fruits and vegetables and all kinds of things. So he was an oil, and so he was very successful. He, he would tell me, he said, Harris, your, your granddaddy is very successful. He's in the oil business. I said, oh, granddad, I, 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 thought, I thought you made the wooden barrels. He said, I do, but I also clean them for a giant oil company. Wow. And I said, you do? He said, yeah. I take a little ferry across to New Jersey, and I pick up these old dirty barrels, and I take them back to my factory, and I clean them. And when I clean them, I scrape the bottom of the barrel clean, and then I sell what I scrape. So I'm in the oil business. Wow. <laughs> so I, and here's, here's, here's a really funny story. So 
My two granddads uh, lost most of everything during the Depression in 29. They struggled and, and stayed, uh, stayed alive and working. And one day they're sitting on either side of me. I was about nine years old, and they said, Herschel, that was my Jewish name, um, we want to tell you something. I said, yes, my Zadis, what? Um, you have something very special in your genes. And I didn't have any idea what they were talking about. <laughs> but you have to be careful. Don't borrow money. Because me and your Zadie, we borrowed money and we lost everything we had because we had to pay our mortgage. And so I went to bed that night and Mom, as always, tucked me and my brother in. She's tucking me in and she said, Harris, why are you wearing your jeans? <laughs> I said, oh, because my two Zadies said I had something very special in my jeans. <laughs> oh, Mom said, no, no, no. I'll explain the other kind of jeans, but you can take, you can take your jeans off and put your PJs on. <laughs> so that was the beginning of me learning that I would be a businessman because I had something special in my jeans and never, ever to borrow money. Wow. And so here we are today, a long, long, long trip, and what makes what we have done possible, the fact is that we don't have a penny of debt. And that I owe to my two granddaddies who came over from Eastern Europe. Now, so I grew up on the Lower East Side. Mom always emphasized school, 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 school. I was the first one in the family to go to college. My brother was the first one to go to medical school. He became a physician. And I graduated from music and art high school uh, in the Bronx, and somehow, some way, a miracle, Cornell University accepted me. Now, hold that thought. Hold that thought, Harris. Hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break for station identification. We want to be right back, folks. We're going to be right back after this break for a few commercials because we got more to tell. You got to hear his story, how he, he went up the chain at Hilton and then made the leap to become an entrepreneur and a business owner and how you can learn how to grow your dreams here in America or around the world because it's still possible to live your dreams. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show. And for sure, your best is yet to come. Dr. Willie Jolly, and I have a question for you. Have you ever wondered why some people can make a million dollars, lose it, make a second million, lose that, then make a third million, while other people can't even make ends meet? Well, the reason is that those people know the recipe for success. And that recipe is available to everyone if you will do what they did. They made a habit 
of getting positive motivational resources of great thinkers and great learners. And I want to offer those same kind of resources to you. We've developed a free page on my website. It's wjspeaks.com slash gift. wjspeaks.com slash gift. On that site, we've got resources, books, audios to help you to grow and they're free. So go to wjspeaks.com slash gift, wjspeaks.com slash gift and get some of those resources and then share that page with your friends and your family members. We want to impact and inspire millions of people. And remember, if you enjoy this message on this podcast, like it, share it, and Post a review about it and make a difference in the lives of others by letting them know about it. Have a great day. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. And we're back. You're listening to Dr. Willie Jolly and the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways Show across America from border to border, coast to coast, and now around the globe where people are accessing not only the show on satellite, but also the podcast where you can get the podcast. If you're, you're not on the podcast, you can get it on Apple Podcast. You can get it on iHeartRadio, C-Suite Radios, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify. Listen for the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways. And as one guy who told me he had built his business and had a phenomenal year uh, uh, last year, said he commutes an hour to his business and an hour home. And he said, I listen to one podcast on the way to work, one podcast on the way home. I'm fired up and I'm ready to grow to the next level. And when he, he said, I need more, he, he said, I've run out of them. So we had to put more into the, to the pool. So go to uh, Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast. My guest today, for those who might just be joining us and say, who is that guy talking just now? His name is Harris Rosen. Harris Rosen, and he is the founder and COO, CEO, president of the Rosen Hotel and Resort uh, Group, a, a, a tremendous company in Florida that has created world-class hotels, hospitality, resorts, and he did it starting with Nothing. I mean, nothing. And he shows that the American dream is still alive, that it is possible. He He's sharing how he came from the lower east side of New York. And his parents were uh, really first generation uh, Americans. And his grandparents came here as immigrants with a hard, heavy, determined work ethic. And even though they lost everything, just about everything, during the Great Depression, they inspired their, their little Harry, and they call Harris, to be a 
entrepreneur to do something with his life. And he, oh, wow, has he? Not only is he an entrepreneur extraordinaire, but a philanthropist that we're going to talk about a little more uh, short. So, so, so Harris, again, you, uh, you were telling the story. Your, your parents came. They taught, you to, they, they, they taught you about entrepreneurism, and they taught you right. to, to pursue uh, education and excellence, education that, and excellence. How, how did you go on with your life after you got to Cornell? I, I, I just want to let you know that my dad worked at the Waldorf Astoria. Uh-huh. He, he actually referred to it as the Waldorf Hysteria. <laughs> uh, he, he, was a sign, he was a sign painter there. And so I went to music and art high school, was planning to go on to a college and major in uh, fine arts. Um, but here's a funny story. So dad had me working with him in his office. He would do little, they call them place cards, for special events. Mm-hmm. So you, would, you would go into the banquet hall, not know exactly where you would sit, so you'd find your table, and there would be the little place card identified exactly where you'd sit. He did them by hand. Wow. His job on weekends was Dad would do it in pencil, then go over it in a crow quill pen with India ink. My job was to wait till it dried, erase the pencil, fold it, put it in a shoebox in alphabetical sequence. Then he and I would take it to the appropriate banquet room, and we would either put them around the tables or ask the banquet captain to do it. So here's, here's, here's who is responsible for most of my success. We go into the elevator to take it up to the starlight roof, and there is the most beautiful blonde lady there standing next to a very tall, distinguished gentleman. And I whispered to Dad, Dad, can you introduce me to the lady? Now, I'm about 10 years old, uh-huh. but I'm beauty even at that age. You were a smart man even then, okay. <laughs> I was. And Dad says, uh, let me introduce you to the gentleman, uh, Ambassador Kennedy. This is my son, Harris. And he just kind of looked at me. Uh-huh. Then he says, Harris, I want you to meet Marilyn Monroe. Wow. So Marilyn takes a step towards me, and she hugged me. Now, I will, I will, I will tell you this, Doctor, that... When she hugged me, I can close my eyes today and feel the Marilyn Monroe hug. <laughs> I can't. I swear to God, I can't. Anyway, anyway so I, I never forgot that. So now I'm in high school graduating, applying to all the fine arts schools, but I kept thinking about Marilyn and the hug. And I said, God, if, if, if you could meet Marilyn Monroe in an elevator and get a hug, uh, maybe the hotel business is where I belong. <laughs> What an omen to go to a hotel business. (laughs) So I asked my dad, would you mind, Dad, if I applied to a hotel school? And he said, of course, of course. Let's look it up. And we discovered that Cornell Hotel School was was the best in the country. And so we gave it a shot, and the good Lord was watching, and I was accepted. So I went to Cornell for four years. Uh, Vietnam was heating up a bit. And uh, I didn't want to be drafted. I wanted to go in as an officer if I was going to serve. So when I graduated from Cornell, um, I, I also received my second lieutenant bars and immediately was shipped overseas. I spent um, a little over a year in Asia, and I spent uh, about two years and some change in uh, Europe, in Germany. And then I came out and I started my career. And where do you think I started? At the Waldorf Hysteria. <laughs> At the Waldorf. Wow. That's where it started, yes. And, and th- when I first went into the interview, they knew I was my dad's son, and they said, Harris, we don't really have anything for you. 
not with your background, a lieutenant in the Army and, and, and Cornell University. I said, wait, 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 forget about all that. I just want a job. Wow. And they said, okay, we got a job here in, in uh, it was personnel then, not human resources. Yeah. And I said, what is it? They identified the job for me. It was wonderful because I was the one that filed all of the new jobs. If it was a job that I thought I want, I kept it. Wow. And so immediately, within about a month, I moved up to the sales department as a setup person. Mm. That is, I was the guy who set up the rooms to accommodate whatever the meeting was. And one day, I'm schlepping a big table, and a, a gentleman comes over, and he says, excuse me, uh, are you working here? And I said, yes, sir, I am. Uh, really? I said, yes. He said, uh, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? And I did. He said, what in God's name are you doing setting up rooms, banquet rooms and meeting rooms for people? After four years at Cornell and, and three and a half years with Uncle Sam as an officer? Are you crazy? I said, this is the only job that, that uh, they had. He said, I'm Mr. Livadini. I am the director of sales at the Wall of Astoria. The next open job I have, you're coming into my office. Wow. And so I moved into sales. From sales, I became part of the management program, and I moved all over the country at various jobs and wound up in Texas. In Texas, I met a gentleman who owned some property in Acapulco. He um, had some events at the Dallas Sadler where I worked. They were very successful. He asked me if I wanted to manage a hotel for him, and I said, oh, my God. And he said, Harris, let's fly to Acapulco. Let's take a look at what I'm building, and if you like it, you got the job. I loved it, and he made me the general manager of um, Las Vitas on La Playa, uh, a life on the, on the beach. Wow. And so that's, that's where I was. Now, after about a year, I was the happiest person in the world. A new president was elected. His name was A. Chaferia, and he made one change that changed my life. The change was... A non-Mexican could not own more than 49% of any real property. My boss had to sell 51%. When he did, a Mexican group took over, and I was fired. Wow. So you got fired. So you felt that pain somewhere along the way. It was terrible. Yes. So I, I drove to California, picked up the paper the next morning. I was heartbroken, and it said, Disney to open a huge attraction in Orlando. I said, oh, my God, I'm in California. Disney's located not far from here, Burbank. I went over and I interviewed. And they said, my God, you've got a great, great, great uh, track record. Um, and we're hiring people now, but we're not doing the final uh, hiring here. We're doing it in New York. So I said, okay. And I drove to New York City, waited for a call, got it, went to uh, the Plaza Hotel where I was interviewed, and they hired me to work in the hotel division, uh, helping develop the hotels, and then helping to manage them. Wow. So, I, I so let me make sure I'm clear here. You went from Acapulco, you drove up to California. I did. Then you got to California. Now, this had to be fired. You drove to California. You, you say, what can I do? Oh, Disney, you go, you go over there. You didn't wait for them to call. You went to them. They right. told you, oh, yeah, 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 we like what you got. Oh, yeah, yeah. But... You got to go to New York if you're going to get the final job. You, right, drove, right, right. you drove over to New York. I did. I did. I did. I did. 
See, okay, there's a lesson here, for I want people not to lose this lesson. Folks, let me tell you something. Listen carefully. Everybody who's listening to this interview, there's a lesson here that I don't want you to get. This was not during the time when you got cars with air conditioning and, and cars with uh, uh, um, uh, all sorts of amenities. You had to roll the window down. That was your oh, air yeah. conditioning. <laughs> And 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 you had to you do, you had to not sit in the most comfortable places and but he was willing to do the uncomfortable to get to live his dream, folks. Wherever you are, whatever you say you want to do, you're gonna to have to do some uncomfortable things if you want to achieve the goals. It's possible, but it's not for those who are waiting for it to come to them. You no. must go to it. You must per- pursue it, and you must be. Dogged, you must be determined, you must be diligent because those are the ones who are the most successful. Now, before we go to the next set, I want to talk about because he's I want to get really he's gonna get through the story because I want to get to where how he he bought a hotel and then built an empire, but also want to get to where he was able to create a philanthropic and what made him be so philanthropic. So we're going to take a quick break for station identification. We're going to come back. When we do, we're going to get to what you can learn. And then, and, and Mr. Rosen, I want you to think of, uh, of, of a question I usually ask my guests. Uh, one, if you were in a class of high school or college small business uh, students, what are the lessons you say here that you got us? You got to do this. You got to do that. And I want you to think about those while we get ready for this break. And then we're going to bring in Chuck also about philanthropic and why it's important to be focused on not just self, but others. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways Show. And for sure, your best is yet to come. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I got an email from a gentleman in Australia who shared how he had been struggling in his business, and he bought some of my books and audios, and how it had a profound impact on his business, and he went from worst to first in his company. I shared with him how much I appreciated his Note, but I told him those books, those audios, those videos were not just something that I just thought up one day and started to write. They were born out of my experiences, out of the challenges of overcoming the problems and the difficulties and how I was able to do it. And I shared with him that others have sent similar messages and that these resources work. I want to encourage you and invite you to go to my store. Go to wjspeaks.com slash shop. wjspeaks.com slash shop. Get some of the books. It only takes a minute to change your life or a setback is a setup for a comeback or turn setbacks into greenbacks or chicken soup for the soul or an attitude of excellence or the book I wrote with my wife after 34 years of being married and not having an argument in over 30 years. We wrote a book called Make Love, Make Money, Make It Last and now it is saving marriages all over the globe. Go to the store, get some of the art the videos, the books, the resources to help you have greater personal and professional success. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. Make this a great day on purpose. And we're back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I have a special guest. I got two special guests, in fact. I got uh, Harris Rosen, President Chief Operating Officer of the Rosen Hotel and Resorts Group in Florida that has just been phenomenal, great 
beautiful world-class uh, hotels and resorts. But also we have uh, Chuck Jubin, who is the uh, UCF liaison for the philanthropic arm of Ho uh, Rosen Hotels. And so uh, uh, this is such an intriguing story. Uh, just so people might know where we're going, he rose from being in the Army, going to Vietnam, then going on to come back and work at Waldorf Astoria, going to uh, work at a hotel where he got fired, and then going to Disney, got with Disney and had success. And that took, did that take you to Orlando? Well, interesting, because I was hired in New York, and they said that I had to start my job in, in California. Oh. And so I had, to I had to drive all the way to California. Had to drive back to California after you drove to New York. <laughs> exactly. But, but let, me, let, me, let me share this with you, because this will inspire people never to give up. I didn't have much money. Yes. And I was afraid that I was going to run out of money and not be able to buy gas. Wow. So I did something incredibly stupid. It was a big trailer truck in front of me um, in New Mexico uh, as I was driving there in the mountains. And I was drafting this big truck. And I thought I was the smartest person in the world. I had my feet on either side of the steering wheel, and this guy was just sucking me along. The problem is that he made a sharp turn, <laughs> and I went right off the mountain. Are you serious? A tree stump saved my life. The car tumbled. My little Volkswagen tumbled and tumbled and stopped. Of course, I was hurt very badly. They took me to a hospital, put about 40 stitches in my head. You can still see the scar on my forehead. Wow. Was there for about a week, and then they released me. I went on to California and started my job with Disney. Uh, from California, I came to Florida and started working for Disney in, California, in, in, in Florida after my trip to California. Wow. So you walked for Disney for a while, but here's what I want to get to. One day, one day you decided... Okay, I've worked. I've worked for others, and I, he, he left Disney. I think that was 1974. What, what made you decide to take the chance and bet on yourself? Well, I, let, me, let me change the story just a, a little bit, Dr. Right. Charlie. I worked for Disney. We opened the hotels. They ran at 100% occupancy. I thought I had done a brilliant job. I was anticipating a very nice pay increase. Mm. Was called in by my boss's boss. He started the conversation by saying, Harris, you've done a great job for us. But, and I'm saying to myself, what does but have to do with it? <laughs> but we just don't think you'll ever become a Disney manager. Wow. And so that was it. And I was heartbroken. And I was devastated, but I said to myself, pick yourself up, do not give up. And you might remember, uh, Dr. Jolly, that in the mid to early 70s, there was an oil embargo. Right. Imagine how poorly hotels in Orlando were doing. People couldn't drive here. They couldn't buy gas. So virtually every hotel in Orlando was either bankrupt or in serious financial difficulty. This genius, just having been fired, 
started looking for a hotel to buy. I happened upon a little property. Wow. A little quality inn located beautifully on Interstate 4 International Drive in Sand Lake Road. I walked in, asked if the general manager or the owner was there. The lady said, oh, yes, Mr. Morgan is here. He's the owner. I said, may I have an opportunity to meet with him? Of course. Sitting out in the lobby and a small husky gentleman comes over. He says, I'm Jim Morgan. I stood up, shook his hand. I said, I'm Harris Rosen. He said, Harris, what can we, what can we do for you? I said, Mr. Morgan, I'm interested in buying a hotel. He took a step towards me, wrapped his arms around me, hugged me so tight I actually could feel one of my ribs just cracking. <laughs> and he said, Harris, God has sent you. Come on, let's talk. He takes me into his office. We sit down, and he says, I don't know anything about the business. I bought this little motel because I wanted to invest in real estate. I don't know how to operate a hotel. I haven't seen my wife and three daughters in a month because I've been here, living here, because I've fired so much of my staff. Wow. And so he and I had a wonderful conversation. I shared with him my background. He was so impressed. Cornell University, uh, an officer in the Army, and, and working for Disney. And, and he said, let me call the lender. And Harris, I'll get you to my office as soon as the lender uh, gets here and we have a conversation. A few days went by. He called me. He said, the lender's coming, a gentleman from Traveler's Insurance. And he looked at my resume. He said, oh, my God, you're perfect for this property. And I said, thank you, sir. And he said, Harris, how much money do you have in the bank? <laughs> I wondered, why is he asking me this question? I said, do I answer it? I, I, I said, yes, you better. He might know. So I said, sir, I've got $20,000 I saved since I graduated from Cornell in the Army and now here. He said, he extended his hand, I shook it, and he said, we have a deal. I said, what's the deal? He said, $20,000 down. I said, oh, my God, to myself, I just bought a hotel for twenty grand." <laughs> he said, well, close on this uh, on Friday. Came in, he showed me the contract. I didn't understand it. It had $20,000 cash, but then it had $2.5 million of a mortgage. Wow. And I said, what's the mortgage? He said, well, you, you, have to, you, you have to accept a mortgage because that's what we have on the property. And I said, okay. I had no idea what I just did, and I shook his hand. That evening, I walked into what, what my new office was, and I cried. I cried and I cried. I said, you just made the stupidest, the dumbest decision you ever made in your life. You gave up all the money you had for a hotel that is bankrupt, and you assumed a mortgage of two and a half million dollars. Are you crazy? <laughs> but I, I had an idea. The idea was buses, buses, buses were still coming to Orlando. If when they stopped at the gas station, they were filling up with gas because they were great customers of the gas station. Yes. So I found out where the big motor coach companies were in New York City, in New Jersey, and in Massachusetts, and I hitchhiked to New York. I met with the top people in all of the motor coach companies. How did I get from one to the other? They drove me in their buses. They had such a, a, a wonderful, wonderful feeling of wanting to help me. And I gave each one of them a little card, a business card, and I said, you write a room rate on, room rate on that card that you're willing to pay for two years, and I will sign a contract 
to guarantee that you don't pay more than that. The rates that they wrote were anywhere from seven dollars and twenty-five cents to eight dollars and twenty-five cents. When I when I saw that, I said, "Fine, I'll, I'll write you a note when I get back to Orlando, guaranteeing those rates for two years." When I was in Massachusetts, they want to know how are you going to get back. I said, "I'll hitchhike." No, you won't. We'll find someone that's heading to Florida, and they'll drop you off in Orlando. They did. The, the wonderful couple, they were my guests every single year until they passed away. And that's how it all began. Wow. I started seeing buses, 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 and within six months, the embargo was lifted. I was on my way. You hitchhiked to the north from Florida. Hitchhiked. Right. Then you hitchhiked back with a couple who blessed you, and you started your company uh, to the now. Let's go to now. How many hotels do you have now? We have uh, eight properties and close to 7,000 rooms. And because my two granddaddies said, don't ever borrow money, Dr. Jolly, we don't have a penny of debt. Wow. Wow. Now, obviously, you had to have mortgages, but you, you did it just by bootstrapping, sounds like. We did. Yes. We did indeed. Yeah. And you know what? The the bootstrapping uh, has has a has a value, and you have been an example. Okay, so before we get to the philanthropic, uh, you've built this hotel empire from ground zero. 25. By the way, Dr. John, let me say this. Yes. I lived in a hotel for 16 years, and when I was in my 50s, early 50s, I proposed marriage, and my then-to-be wife said, and Harris, sweetheart, where are we going to live? I said, right here, sweetie. She said, forget about it. <laughs> to this day, I have no idea why she didn't want to live in a hotel. <laughs> so I rented a little apartment, and we moved out. So after 16 years of living in a hotel, I finally moved out. Wow. Wow. Well, you've gone on to, to do pretty good. I, uh, I know for a fact that you've... Uh, you, you, you live in something other than a little apartment now, <laughs> and that you have built this empire. Now, let's say you're standing in front of a class of college students. They're business students. They want to be entrepreneurs. What are the you got us? You got to do this if you want to be successful. What are the you got us? Well, first of all, I think I would say do something that you really enjoy. Mm. You're not going to be very successful if you're doing something you really don't enjoy. So find something that you really love doing. Once you do that and you start your little business, treat your associates the way you want to be treated yourself. Wow. And always, always be honest. Don't, don't do anything that you know is inappropriate. It's going to catch up with you. Right. That's so right. do something you really love. Make sure that you treat everyone working with you with kindness and also be honest, be honest, be honest. Wow. And then try not to borrow money. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that, would be, that would be the message. It's overly simplistic, I know. Look, I worked for 16 years without a day off living where I worked. That's insane. But here I am today. It's hard, it's, it's tough, but you did it. And you made it happen. And the American dream is still alive. And, oh, and no doubt about it. It's, a, it's, it's possible that you can come from the east side, lower east side, and, uh, and start a company with little or nothing 
and just hard work, diligence, determination, commitment, and things can start to happen in your life. Well, we're going to talk about, we're going to take a break, but before we, uh, uh, when we come back, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about philanthropy. Philanthropy, and we've got Chuck with us to talk a little bit from his perspective of what you've done, and then you've got to tell why you did what you've done and how you've blessed communities, underserved communities, people who don't have. We're going to talk about the impact of giving and how it can not only impact those who were receiving, but that person or that entity that was willing to give. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show. And for sure, for sure, for sure, your best is yet to come. We'll be right back. Friendship is not about being convenient. It's about being committed and consistent. You can call on me. When you need me. up the phone you can call and call me, me. This is Dr. Willie Jolly, and people often ask, how did I go from a broke, busted nightclub singer to become a best-selling author and to be voted one of the outstanding five speakers in the world by the 175,000 members of Toastmasters International? The answer is that I decided to invest and change my thinking, invest in my mindset, and decided to change my inputs because inputs determine outputs. I heard about a seminar years ago when I was just getting started. I was making about $100 a speech, and I heard this seminar that was creating millionaires, and it cost $10,000, but the guy was getting results. I didn't have that kind of money, but I decided to borrow it because I learned that there's a price for success, the price of college, the price of going to school, the price of education. There's a price for success, and then there's a cost for not paying the price, the cost of staying the same. And that cost is greater than the price. It's too expensive. And so I went, and it changed my life. And I came back and quickly made $100,000. I heard a similar story from Dr. Dave Martin, how he went to a success rally, heard a speaker who inspired him. He and his friend said, wow, that's changed my life. The speaker had a package of materials to help build wealth. The package cost $1,500. And that was all the money Dr. Dave had to his name. Dr. Dave's friend asked, do you think this stuff is worth it? Dr. Dave thought for a moment. He said, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it. But I do know that I'm worth it. I'm worth it. He invested that money in that package and used the materials to grow his thinking. He grew his mindset. He shared how that $1,500 investment has gone on to generate millions in revenues. He's a multimillionaire. And he has homes now in Arizona and Florida. I want to say to you, it's time to invest in you. I want to give you some materials that will help you grow you. Grow your mindset. Grow your future. Grow your finances. Go to wjspeaks.com. Dot com slash billionaire wjspeaks.com slash billionaire to get some materials that will inspire your success and will help you find that there's a price for success but there's a cost for not paying the price and the cost is always greater than the price go to wjspeaks.com slash 
billionaire and get the bag, the box, or any of the materials there and keep growing your wealth. And remember, as a man thinketh, so as he is, and your best is yet to come. And we're back, Dr. Willie Jolly and the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways Show, and I'm grateful for each and every one of you. Uh, for those who are joining us, I hope you've joined me every Monday night on Facebook Live at 9 o'clock Eastern Time, where my wife and I do Happily Married Mondays with the Jollies. We talk about uh, lessons and strategies for staying married, happily married. Y'all know who uh, followers that we have a book, Make Love, Make Money, Make It Last. We've been married for over 35 years and haven't had an argument in over 33 years. So we want to tell people what we have done, what we've learned, and then we take your questions as well as some of your issues and we try and help those who need help in their relationships and those who don't, we want to just grow your relationships. So join us, 9 o'clock, Monday nights, Facebook Live, Happily Married Monday with the Jollies. Oh, last but not least, make sure to join me if you are uh, across America every morning on the Radio One Network on the Get Up Mornings with Erica Campbell radio show where you can reach and hear my message every day with Wake Up and Win with Dr. Willie Jolly uh, at 8.20 a.m. Uh, Eastern Time and 7.20 a.m. Central Time where I give you a daily one-minute message to inspire, encourage, uplift, and empower you to win. Okay, my guest is Harris Rosen, the president and CEO of the Rosen Hotel and Resorts. And he's not just a hotel owner. He's not just an entrepreneur. He's not just a guy who shows that the American dream is still alive. He's also a philanthropist, a giver. And he does it from his heart and he does it without somebody making him do it. Uh, he, on the phone also with us with Harris is Chuck Jubin. And Chuck is the uh, University of Central Florida liaison to the hotel, to the Rosen Hotel Philanthropic Organization. Chuck, tell us a little bit about what you do and, and, and what uh, Harris has done philanthropically. Oh, I will. I, I will mention, though, but you two guys are a tough act to follow. Uh, but... In order to, to really understand this philosophy of Harris Rosen, you have done a spectacular job of understanding what an entrepreneur is. I want you all and your listeners to think about what if you took that entrepreneurial spirit and applied it to philanthropy, mm. because that is exactly what has happened in the communities Harris has worked with. But in order for me, I can tell you what has happened in the community. I need for you to quickly tell, have Harris tell you why he did it. Harris, will you do that for me real quick? Well, and, and, and Chuck, you, you know, you've heard this so many times. At, at, I, I reached a point sitting at my desk um, when I just heard God ask, um, Harris, um, are you grateful for what you have? And I said, oh, God, I never expected this. He said, now it's time for you to offer a helping hand mm. to those in need. Mm. And so that's how it started. Wow. I, I, I decided at that moment that I would find individuals who needed some help, and I would offer them help. Was that okay, Chuck? That's great. Wow. That's great. Wow. wow. Okay. So there was a community, Tangelo Park, with very, very little hope. Uh, Dr. Jolly, what's the problem in this country? The problem in this country is that if you live in the lower economic quartile in the United States, 
their chance of graduating from college is 10%. Right. That's, un- that's unacceptable. You know, it's unacceptable because Harris and I know that the academic talent pool in our underserved communities is as deep as any gated community in the country. We just had to figure out how to tap and bring that talent to the surface. So what Harris did, he adopted a community, Tangelo Park. 25 years ago, Tangelo Park was a dangerous place. Bob Allen, the principal of the elementary school, told his teachers to go home right after school. Do not stay in the community. Drug dealers, crime, prostitution, all of the things we know about underserved communities. 25 years ago, Harris Rosen did this. He talked to Mabel Butler, a county commissioner, who took him to Tangelo, and he said to the community, I will do these things, not for you, but with you. One is... I will provide for this community beginning at two years of age a quality education, two years old, three years old, four years old, all the way to kindergarten, free to this community forever, as long as the community exists. Wow. We, will, we will support your children all the way through public school, to elementary school, to middle school, to high school, and upon graduation... When they graduate, the Rosen Foundation will pay, if they choose to go to college, will pay their room, board, tuition, and expenses uh, as long as they're in college. They will leave college debt-free. This will be free. There will be no charge for this. And this will also last as long as the community exists. He has supported this an educational initiative from two years' age to 22 years of age for the last 27 years. The thing that is so unique about this philanthropy is that it is guaranteed. It will always be there. It has been there for these a quarter of a century. All decisions are made in the community, but in a community board meeting that meets once a month. There is no bureaucracy. We just get the job done. Wow. Now, There is a parent leadership program that we run for the parents of these children, teaching them to be advocates for their kids in school, teaching them how to be leaders in the school. That has happened over the last 20. It is the most unique philanthropic program in the country. Quickly, what has happened? 25 years ago, if you had taken the 500 graduates we have from high school, although without the Rosen program, there wouldn't be 500 high school graduates. Right. It'd be less than that. Way less than that. Way less than that. About at 60%. Right, about 50% would drop out. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So if we went back and took the 500 we have now, the expectation in Tangelo would have been 45 students would have graduated from college. We have graduated... 157 students. We have produced 216 college degrees. We have doctors, we have lawyers, we have engineers, we have teachers, and it just continues. Interestingly enough, a while ago, Harris discovered that he's spending more money on the preschool program than on the college scholarship program, and he was upset. He said, what's going on? What was going on that these students are doing so well in high school that they're getting other scholarships. Mm. Now the Rosen Foundation is turning out to be a safety net for them. Now, if you think about this, we have increased the chances of these students graduating from college 
by 300%. Of those kids who go to college, stay in the community, they graduate at a rate of 78% from college. That's higher than any demographic group in the country. Right. It is amazing. So people began to know this, and Harris is an interesting guy. You know that. You I just, noticed that, yes. <laughs> and what, what, at the beginning I said, Harris, we need to get some data, and he didn't want to get any data. He said, no, we're just doing the right thing. As people began to notice the program, they said, we want data, we want data. So we produced all of this data. It's all available to your listeners. If they want it, they can have it all from me. Then what happened? Oh, stop. Before, before we go any further, if they want it, where can they go? Because they're going to ask right now where to go. Okay. They, they, will, they need to contact the Rosen Foundation through your program. They will, they will connect with me, and I will give them all the data. Great. Rosen Foundation. Got it. Rosen Foundation. They'll connect you with that. Right. Now, people began saying, okay, well, that's great. Harris is doing all of these kinds of things. What is the return on investment of his investment? Yes. That's what they are. So we got a University of Chicago economist, Lance Lochner, who is now at the University of Western Ontario, to do a comprehensive return on investment to society for every dollar that's been invested in Tangelo Park, which, by the way, is about $13 million wow. over 25 years, which is a lot of money, but in the world of philanthropy, it is a bargain for what we've done yes. accomplished. Lance came back with this report, which is available to you, that Return to investment to society is 71, the 7 to 1. For every $1 invested in Tangelo, 7 comes back to the society in terms of reduced crime rate because crime rate in Tangelo today is down 78% from where we started 25 years ago. Wow. Now, here's the, here's the real kicker is yes. that we also know that the homicide rate would be much higher, that they, some of them would never have live to see their Absolutely. high school and so what a great philanthropic harris uh uh and we got about two minutes left so yes, real quick right. let me ask you this um offline you said something that inspired me you said i remember growing up when i was on the low east side and i i remember being from a disadvantaged area and i never forgot is that what drove you to become a philanthropist I, I think that um, that was really um, what what um, I think prompted me to start thinking about giving giving back and offering a helping hand. Um, I was so grateful for the, the wonderful um, opportunities that I had, and I was hoping that we could provide similar opportunities for those young people living in these underserved communities. But, but here's the frustrating part. Yeah. We've been doing this for 27 years. Um, we have adopted recently another community, three years ago, the Paramore community, yes. which is about three times the size, six times the size of Tangela Park. And, and we expect the same results there. Um, not a penny comes from any other source other than the Rosen Foundation. Uh, we have spoken, after the successes we've had, we have spoken to uh, individuals representing some of the largest foundations in America. But, Dr. Jolly, no one else has replicated the program. Wow. And we don't understand why, because we believe that if every underserved community in the United States of America had a Tangelo Park or Paramore program, we would not recognize ourselves 
everyone, everyone would have an opportunity to go to trade school or community college or four-year college. Everyone would. And the United States of America should be the country that has that opportunity. Man, that's the kind of passion that makes things happen. Well, folks, you know, the great interviews go quick. I just want to thank Harris Rosen. I want to thank Chuck Jubin. I want to thank them for their, for their service to us as, as Americans. I want to thank them for their commitment to help others, and I want to thank them for their model of excellence. Harris, thank you, my friend. Well, Dr. Jolly, thank you. God bless you for giving us an opportunity to talk about the program. And, and Chuck, thank you. We really appreciate Dr. Jolly. Thank you so much for having us. Well, folks, I want to thank all of you for listening. Stay tuned and uh, to more shows coming up next week. We got the best and the brightest. I bring them. And then make sure you go to winwithwilly.com, winwithwilly.com to, to reach me, as well as go get the newsletter at uh, wjspeaks.com slash gift, and then jollymarriage.com will all be on there. Remember to make the best of every day because your best is truly yet to come. Have a great day. God bless you. Well, I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode and I hope you got something of great value. And I hope that you were inspired, you were motivated, you were empowered, and you were encouraged to live your best life. I hope this information and this inspiration will help you to do more, be more, and to achieve more. That's the goal why I started this program. And I hope it helped you in a mighty way. Now, I ask you to make sure and that you take full advantage of all the resources that came through this program. I hope you go to wjspeaks.com slash gift and get some of the free resources that we have there for you. I hope you go to wjspeaks.com slash shop to get some of the books that we have created, that we've labored over to make sure that they will deliver a powerful message to you. I hope you go to willyjolly.com slash billionaire willyjolly.com slash billionaire or wjspeaks.com slash billionaire to get the box that it will inspire your whole family or get the bag of books. Make this a great day, a great week, a great month. And remember, it is true that you are blessed and all things are possible for them that believe. So make the most of the belief that you have now in your future. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. Have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.